One year, I kind of got an idea, you know, I try trap. I like to trap, I like to make lure, and I like to write. Where can it go from here? I would be able to spend more time in the woods. I was losing money hand over fish trapping, but I didn't care. Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the high school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. We got through the furball. This is Northern Michigan. This is what you do. Representing trappers in a positive light. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will be fun. Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions. Volumes of Perfect and Game magazine. There's structure from Perigo Gorman. Perg Lennon's articles, the Perg Lennon's ads. Information, trapping radios. We are trappers on ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. All right, everybody listening to me? Develop a system yet because work it ahead of time to build big trapping. If you got very much the same as the you got bogged down. They started talking about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down bottom. Probably the best part of the country in the world. I don't know, get them better. Trying to set predator traps and trash waders. The back of that beaver looks like it gets sheared. You better edit this part out. Yeah, we better. Back in the fur shed, this is Trapping Today. I'm Jeremiah Wood. Thank you for tuning in. Great to have you here. We're brought to you by Cots Brothers Lures. Trap smarter, work harder, enjoy the success that follows. K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S.com. You can get traps, snares, baits, and lures, books, DVDs, everything you need to get started on the trap line. Cots Bros is our trapping supply dealer of choice. We're also brought to you by OnX Maps. Turn your phone into a fully functioning GPS. You can mark waypoints, track your movements, get landowner information, View the latest aerial imagery and so much more that you can do with OnX. We'll get into that. Um, tonight's episode is another great segment with Rich Mellon from Trapping Inc. TV. And we're going to talk with Rich here in just a minute. But first, I wanted to go over a uh, listener email with a, a few. I, I asked you guys to mention some of the things that you do with OnX and, and what you use the app for because I know a number of you have emailed me and let me know that you do already have on X and we had that sit down with Jared Larson that was great to to learn more about the app and things that people can do and what on X is doing moving forward so uh, Mike from Wyoming we've had Mike on the podcast before I'd like to get him on again pretty soon I hope and uh, he he writes in and says Jeremiah I've started using on X for work and trapping um, love the episode two things I do do that are not mentioned in your episode. Number one, permission forms can be photographed and dropped into your map as waypoints with photos. I've spoken with local game wardens and they'll acknowledge the document as long as you can procure a paper copy at a later date. I also organize my whole private land permissions this way. If you approach me in the field, I have everything I need legally attached to my my map always. Very useful. A lot of folks are looking out for other people's property or they're just nosy. I can just show them the property and show the permissions and I'm good. Uh, number two, you talked a bit about sharing. Sharing for a buddy uh, is a valuable thing. Another thing uh, sharing is good for is for safety. This year a whole section of my coyote line is going to be in the middle of nowhere. If something happened to me, you'd never find me, period. I share my trap locations and routes with my wife so I don't return from a routine trap check. If I don't return from a routine trap check at negative 30 degrees, she knows where I'm going. 
route-wise and where my sets are to look for me. Trapping, hunting, hiking, safety side works out very well in Onyx. Mike also mentions a third Onyx function. If you set it to track each time you run your line, you can have proof of tra trap checks if you ever be questioned about following trap check laws. This is a great point. I was questioned twice by game wardens last year, and both times it wasn't very easy to prove that I had been there when I was. A few trap line time-stamped photos helped me out. A concerned, quote-unquote, concerned citizen kept turning me in. <laughs> so, so there you go. I mean, if you're doing everything right, that is just a great way to document things and to prove that you're checking your traps on time and everything else. So um, safety, uh, compliance, and just information data on where your, where your sets are and all that stuff, it's just a, a great, great tool for us to use on the trap line. Okay, had a fun talk with Rich. This is the last in, I believe this is the fourth part of, of our interview with Rich Mellon from Trapping Inc. TV. He talks a little bit about filming while he's trapping, a bunch of the work and preparation uh, that goes into the trap line. And then we kind of got outside of the whole trapping thing and went off on a few tangents, which I really enjoyed. Like Rich mentioned, you know, trappers are so much more than just trappers, and a lot of times there's there's just interesting things that people are into or things that you can learn from that aren't necessarily directly related to trapping. So we talked about Rich's uh, subscription-based community. It's trappinginc.locals.com, so they've kind of started this up. And we, we went into a lot of the censorship that YouTube is getting into now in Amazon as well and how it's becoming more difficult for people to put things like hunting and trapping on those platforms and so Rich is kind of moving towards this this uh, platform where you know, people have to pay to to be part of the the locals.com community trapping Inc however you get access exclusive access to a bunch of things and he's even talking about moving all of his stuff over to this. So it's very interesting, fascinating to think that this is a, a route that one could take. And I, I don't, it's something that I've thought about as well. I'm, I'm considering it. I don't know whether to go in that direction or not. It's great to have a free podcast where people can just tune in and listen anytime. But there's also a lot of advantages to, to going the pay route where it, it's exclusive, it's probably you you have much more control over what what you can provide there and uh, potentially a lot more freedom financially if you have uh, enough subscribers that, to uh, to be able to do a lot more you know for instance if if you're doing a podcast and it pays x number of dollars and maybe on a saturday afternoon you go to sit down and record and uh, there's a lot of alternatives, a lot of other things that you could be doing, but if if the uh, the economic incentive was there, you might be willing to put in two, three days a week to create this awesome trapping related content. So it's it's something to think about. It's kind of interesting. And Rich and I talk about that. We talk about advertisers, uh, the TV business, which he spent a long time in and learned a lot from. 
Um, then we, we just went kind of full circle and went back to wildlife management and Trapping's role in helping manage wildlife and, and so on. But anyway, yeah, check out Trapping Inc. Scuttlebutt Podcast, trappinginc.com, Trapping Inc. Locals uh, community, all kinds of stuff there. And uh, thanks again, Rich. It was great to uh, It was great to have you on. Let's get into it. And don't forget, stay tuned for the Cots Bros Deal of the Week at the end of this episode. This what I was getting you know, at there was you haven't been able to run the trap line without filming. Not this one, no, no. <laughs> everything has been it's been um, like I got my buddy, a uh, trapper Gordy Gordy Clausen, and he says to me, he says, "I can't believe how much of your life you document." I said, "Well, <laughs> Gordy, you see it as that, but most people think that I'm I'm just showing what I want to show." You know, yeah. but there's a lot of just common everyday stuff, and and I have to do more common everyday stuff. Like there are days when you've got half frozen beaver there, and you're chopping them up into into bait, and that, and, and the the world ends up looking like a, a charnel house. And and you know, I have to show more of that stuff because that's all part of the work. You know, we get, we're going out to this weekend to put up the winter's wood, and we we'll, we burn depending on 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 the winter between four to six cords of wood. Well, we we actually did a lot less last year because we upgraded the the uh, uh, our heater and that's you know that's one of the things that ended up uh, being on, on shows and that was to put a new wood heater in and uh you know we can't do that during the winter i know i know people that go out and the first thing they do is, is get wood every time they go out it's like are you kidding yeah, me that's crazy time for that? <laughs> yeah yeah i have i have wood put up and it's dry and it's out of the snow and everything else i mean it's it's there you just pack it by the armful after armful into to get you know into the fire um you know, you get, there's a lot of preparation that goes on. We have to go out to, uh, we had a, one of our bridges. We have a, one of these crazy creeks that I, I, it has a lot of spring in it or whatever. It won't freeze. And because of uh, erosion and beavers and all that kind of stuff, it is like you go straight down two feet to the water and then it's four feet deep. And then not even in the width of, of the Argo, the length of the Argo, then you're going back up. At four feet plus two feet, you can't do it. You know, you, 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 I, I've tried to put the Argo through it, and I'll go down, and I'll bottle it down, standing on the nose, for, and then I can back out of it, man, but I can't get across it yeah. unless it's frozen. So we build a bridge there all the time, and especially then if you're running across it with snow, you can't, you can't cross it. And uh, that bridge is washed out. We've had just the most unbelievable last couple of years for water around here. That bridge is washed out, and I've got to... Uh, uh, so I got to go up and uh, I've got a sawmill. I'm going to slab a bunch of, uh, of trees and that and, and rebuild the bridge. Those kind of things. The, the you have wind, and when when you have wet years, like you had two wet years in a row, the, the wind blows over so many trees because the the, the ground is so saturated. Does they measure of a blow to to blow them over? So you know there are days when you know you pack two gallons of of uh, mixed chainsaw gas with you and you use it all. Now, think about that. That is a lot of fuel mm-hmm. <laughs> in a chainsaw, <laughs> you know? And sometimes you, you get a, an early spring, or pardon me, not, not spring, but an early fall. Like you get a snow in September, which is just a nightmare because there's still leaves on, but that snow will be wet oh, and they'll land on all, all those. Yeah. Everything's you, bent into your no, trail. No, no, no. Oh. Yeah. 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 So then you take and cut that. I did one one uh, little loop, and actually did, it's just like an elbow on one of my on one of my loops. But it was 11 kilometers, 
And I walk, literally walked out 11 kilometers with a chainsaw, and I would walk back and move the argo up. And I walk, you know, like, I mean, you do it 100 yards at a time. But I did that whole 11 kilometers. I, I, I walked it twice, you know, <laughs> with a chainsaw in my hand, right? And it, it's like one of those nightmares. And, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't care for that, especially when you get into the swamp spruce and that, that wet snow knocks them over. Well, then that wet snow freezes. And, all, of course, the swamp spruce are so hairy. They're all froze down, so then you got to you got to limb that, that tree to get it out of your way because everything's frozen. It's you all can't stuck pull it in, out, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. All all the beauty of the trap line. It's it's good that you're showing all that and not just uh, not just the the hero shot with the furs. <laughs> well, that's part of what we've got into though. Is we've decided we've we've started up a community, and it is a. Um, it is a, a subscription-based uh, community. We're on, of course, we're on Amazon Prime. You know, there's 85 million subscribers that have get Amazon Prime for free, and yep. and we're huge there. And we're huge on our on our YouTube and all that. But we're trying to find ourselves a little more freedom. Uh, you know, like the the deplatforming on the on oh, social yeah. media. Yeah, Amazon could drop you tomorrow if they decide to. Absolutely. Well, and what, and what they've done is they, they've reduced what they pay. So it's not even worth doing anymore, even though we're, we're top of the heap as far as the numbers that we turn, you know, like, I mean, how many viewers we have every day, but they just keep dropping it and dropping it because it, to begin with, of course, they have a great payout and, and get this. I mean, you know, to make, to, to, to make, you know, I know some people that make $10,000 a month from Amazon and they were getting paid six cents an hour of streaming. Wow. Okay. That was that was the good days. Now we're up to two cents an hour. You know, because now there's they have so much uh, um, content there, right? Yeah. So uh, you got to go somewhere else. And YouTube, you know, the, the deplatforming and, and demonetization of YouTube is, is crucial because I mean, other than the, the 13 episodes they produce every year for the TV show, I'm, I'm, you know, you get it up to YouTube and it, you know, you don't make a lot of money there. You know, oh, it's you, a good bonus though. It's a bonus, but maybe you get a thousand dollars a month or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, but now they demonetize anything that has a child in it. So mm -hmm. I can't even, I can't tell you how bad this hurts my soul, but I can't even take my, put up the shows that I've done with my grandchildren, traffic. Jeez. And while I understand that for people who live in Seattle and, and, and take over the, the, the mayor's office or whatever as, as their right, think that trapping is, is abhorrent or whatever. This is my life. This is my history. This is, this, this is, you know. Yeah, they can choose not to watch these, it. They can choose, exactly, exactly. But now anything that has my grandchildren in it has been demonetized. Some of it they've even, they've even banned. And I've had arguments with them and, and I say, you know, very reasonably, but you are showing, showing you skinning an animal. I said, well, that's reality. And they said, but, but we can't show that. And there are children there. Like, the children are exposed to <laughs> I said, but do you have children? Yes. Do you ever eat at McDonald's? Oh, of course, all the time. I said, how do you think that meat got in between the, the, the pieces of that, of that bun? I said, just because you choose to ignore or turn a blind eye to how it was killed and processed, you cannot punish me for killing and processing my own. And, you know, I have, have brought them around to my way of thinking, but they all fall back to their leftist propaganda, and that's not right. We should all hold hands and sing Kumbaya. 
And so they, they deplatformed me, you know, like, I mean, you'll put up one, one YouTube video and it will blow up. You know, for me, blowing up is, you know, 50, 60,000 uh, views overnight. And you do something the next week and you put it up and it'll get 500 in the yeah. same time. Obviously, they're doing something to, to change the algorithm. Absolutely. So that's one of the things that we're doing now. I mean, even Facebook is, is you know, we, we have very active, we have two Facebook, we have a Facebook page and, and a Facebook, Facebook private group and, and both are very popular and uh, we, we have both Twitter and, and Instagram, but they're just, they're, they're more effort than everything to do anything on Instagram. You have to do it off your phone and, and like, I mean, I have everything in a computer that's, you know, off of my cameras and all that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, I have an edit suite that, that I, I could have done the Pirates of the Caribbean on and then to try and downgrade it enough to put on my phone on that and so Instagram doesn't work so much for me mm-hmm. <laughs> but we have went to a place called locals.com and so we have uh, Trapping Inc uh, yep. TV and we, people we, can we find that, that on your own. website it's trappingink.locals.com exactly thank you yeah and and it's you know three dollars a month or whatever is what it costs you all of all of our stuff is going to be there we're, we're slowly getting everything up like if you want to watch season six that it won't be released to to the u.s until uh, october it, it's going up there right now i mean there's the first 10 season 10 episodes of the season are up there uh part of that is it allows me to get around my broadcast contract like we broadcast contracts are are important things but because it's a, a subscription community i get i get around it okay. but so, so yes. you, so you yeah. have, uh, you're able to. The broadcast contract basically restricts when and where you can air the shows. Oh yeah, oh yeah. TV is is the ugliest business ever. It's it's like music or everything else. You wonder why you know somebody has had been a huge success as a musician or whatever, and they're broke when they're forty. Was because everybody else makes the money, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that it, you know, if you're not careful with the contracts you sign in that, they might own the right to use your your stuff in perpetuity. And when you have something like our show that's, you know, such a huge hit, you know, like, I mean, we have uh, the channel we air on offers to buy commercials from us so that they, they can advertise, you know, either uh, competing sponsors or their own people in, in, in within uh, our, our show. And it, it would become part of a part of that, a bigger package that, that, of course, they would, you know, they would capitalize with, with other areas and, that and make much more money off of our own show than we were. <laughs> yeah. TV is, 20-some years of TV, man, TV is dirty, dirty, dirty. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, you uh, end up trying to find a place where you can be free, of, uh, like the free form of a podcast and how we can talk yeah. about however long we want. One might be 40 minutes, the next one might be two hours. And, and, it, and it's easy. And I want that kind of freedom to eventually, if, if I can get enough people to um, – Subscribe, but that's uh, you know three bucks a month. I will. That's everything will be there. I won't be on TV anymore yeah. because I can. I can have a nineteen-minute show. I can have a forty-minute show. You know, I can do whatever I no want. Rules. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not limited by uh, you know what's proper to put on TV or not. And the beauty of as soon as somebody has to pay a nickel, they're not going to pay a nickel. To, you know, a, a hater isn't going to pay a nickel to, to, to come troll you. True. And I can kick them out if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a double edged sword, I guess, because you kind of need 
I don't want to say need, but it helps to have things like YouTube and Amazon Prime to get discovered. Yes. Yep. No question. And I mean, we, we will still, you know, still be putting stuff out there, not as much as we did. And it will be, you know, it will be pretty dated by the time it gets there. Like by the time stuff goes to Amazon this year, it's going to be uh, next April. That's that's when the, the first of uh, of season six will be going to Amazon. You know, just, because of, of broadcast contracts and, and the fact that um, um, we're putting it up on on our own community. It's just it's just the way it's got to be. If we can if we can break through the chains of a broadcast contract and the uh, you know we can show our sponsors that we can we can do as good or better for them through the those digital platforms. I mean things like podcasts and that. I mean you've had some monetary success with your podcast. Yeah, I mean, it, not nothing on the level of what you're doing um, uh, on your show or anything. Uh, but for the amount of effort I put into it, I'm pretty happy with. I'd I'd always like more, but um, I, I I'm happy with it so far. Yeah. Yeah, but there comes a point where you have to give up your day job and get at it, one one or the other, right? So it's got to pay. Yeah. And we we get the number one comment we get every time we put up a, an episode. Oh, I love the show. You guys are so great. You know, wonderful, wonderful, blah, 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 blah. I wish it was an hour long. (laughs) (laughs) That's the number one comment. I wish it was an hour long. I wish it was too, but, you know, the the format doesn't allow it. So when you were talking about all the stuff that we should be showing, uh, we started putting up some stuff that we're calling rough cuts, and we're putting it up on, on our community, and we did some from Spring Beaver Shoot. And, you know, it's 40 minutes and, and that kind of stuff. But it shows a lot of the background. Mm-hmm. That's stuff we could never get on TV because there's just not time for it. You know, yeah. if I'm sitting there doing an otter set and you've got, by the time you take out commercials, by the time you you uh, do your, your credits opening and all that, you've, you've got roughly 22 minutes of content, you know. And, you know, so that breaks into, you know, four blocks of a little over five minutes each. And when you're doing any one set, think about that. Think about if you if you're showing how you're doing a trail set for for an otter, or if you're you're, you're chopping out a uh, out a beaver or whatever. It's pretty tough to condense that into just five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, let alone anything else. You know, so I mean, this gives us the freedom. This is as podcast is giving us freedom to to talk and express what how we want to. Uh, this is going to give me a lot more freedom. As, as soon as I can make it pay. Uh, We'll we will we'll move away from the from the broadcast uh, scene altogether. That's that's great. Uh, have have you seen other people in different industries go that route and find success with it? Absolutely. Um, in the um, actually, uh, locals.com is owned by um, Dave Rubin, and he was one. He is a big podcaster, and he. He uh, moved away from Patreon. I don't know if you ever heard all that story, what, what, the war that they had, because Patreon demonetized um, uh, somebody that they didn't agree with on their, their uh, uh, platform. And so him and uh, Jordan Peterson and others, they, they, they went elsewhere. Okay. And Jordan went on to, to, to YouTube and, and that kind of stuff. Um, I know people that have been huge within the digital platform. One of them is Randy Newberg. Uh, yep. I don't know if you've... On your uh, own adventures? Yes. Well, now it's uh, it's uh, Randy Newberg Hunter or or Hunt Talk Radio is his podcast. Okay. And he's strictly he hasn't been on TV in years, and he has 
had the success in uh, in Amazon and he's had success in, in YouTube and and everything they do lots and lots of stuff but he's looking also to to move to a, a subscription you know uh, because he's getting his his uh, you know monetization is getting cut down at one time you know he he was running so many millions of minutes on on Amazon that he was they, had, they set a whole new level for him to be paid at because he it was very very popular right and they wanted to encourage him well now they have so much content that isn't it amazing in a world where if you can throw a football further than somebody else, you are to be desired and pay millions and millions of dollars. But when somebody like Amazon gets the top uh, outdoor program like that, and then when they can get, uh, you know, a thousand other mediocre ones, those thousand other mediocre ones are more important than, than, than the top one, right? Mm-hmm. And so they go for that, that, that quantity rather than quality. So, yeah, he's done that. But, I mean, now he's looking at, you know, maybe he needs to start his own community as well. Something where, where people, you know, can support uh, directly support what's going on. You know, I mean, and when you look at, at, at how we, we do stuff today, whether it's Netflix or, or any of that kind of stuff, uh, people are willing to pay to get what they want, you know, and, and we're not talking about huge dollars. But you do need lots and lots of people. Yes. Yeah. They they say the the hardest thing is the the first penny, right? Uh, if you can get the hardest part is just to get a paying customer. But once you have them, it's a uh, it's it's a lot easier to uh, to 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 work within that and adjust your what you got to charge and everything like that. Well, we we were you know what we actually wanted to do. We wanted twenty bucks a year from everybody. That's what we wanted. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. But locals will only their minimum is three dollars per month. Okay, that's their minimum. That's that, that's the way they're set up, and that, so that's the platform that we're that we're we're working within. Uh, we get things like we know every one of our subscribers. We have their email, their contact information. We know analytics on them. You know whether they have taken a month off or any of that kind of stuff. All that stuff that you never get from YouTube. Yeah, you know, they, you don't yeah YouTube that. doesn't give you much at all. You get stats. No, that's and, about it. So what if they deplatform you tomorrow and you have a hundred thousand uh, subscribers and you can't reach them no more and you can't in any way tell them where you've gone or what, what what's going on? Yeah, exactly. You know, like I mean, so that's a that's a big bonus right there is to be able to communicate. And we're we're hoping to build this into a lot more where you know maybe maybe we have get-togethers at the NTA with you know with with people and and, and stuff like that or, or we don't know we don't know where it's going to go. Um, uh, I am, you know, respectful of all of the people that take the time to watch us and that, and they have lots of good ideas. Maybe somebody, will, you know, will, will have one that, that 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 really takes off for us. I know that we've we've had a little bit of success of, of as far as subscribers go, and, that, and that's that's pleasant. I mean, that, that that people are, you know, willing to to support you fiscally, you know, like that. Yeah. Is there is there an avenue to to um kind of develop your own platform incorporating advertisers uh, that, that you would manage as opposed to having, say, Google or YouTube find the companies to advertise? Uh, I can like I can advertise all of my sponsors within my shows on... I can leave it all in. Like, when I, when I go to Amazon, I can't leave billboards or, or, or anything like that. Yeah. It's got to be, there can't be a, there can't be a, an external link or anything like that. Uh, and, you know, be, I can leave all of that in on, on, on locals. The, 
that is something they're talking about. They're also talking about bringing out an app, and I mean everything's very new. It's it's uh, it's uh, there are different companies. We got to the point about a year ago where people decided all of a sudden realized that everything is owned by Alphabet Company or Facebook, you know, and they controlled everything. Yeah, and even though they hid behind the it is a private company, my private company, and you're here as a guest, and I can control you that way. They're looking at there's there's a lot of you know rumblings from governments about about uh, you know monopolies and syndications and and as much as I don't like the leftist spin of big tech and all that, the last people I want controlling the government or controlling the uh, internet is the government. Mm-hmm. Like I mean. For God's sake, you can barely buy a fishing license online, or or, or pay your taxes online, or, or pay a speeding ticket online, and and half the time that you know their, their websites don't work, and you know like I don't want them controlling it, but we need to have some balance, and that's where these things like locals.com has come from. Is, is he's trying to set up something that that is you know outside of their realm, you know where where the uh, the people who are generating the content have the control. And that's kind of nice, you know. It's it, it, it's been uh, it's been enjoyable. It's building, you know. It's it's only been up for a few months, but it, it, it's building, and and uh, we're excited. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. I, I'm always I always wonder about how people who have their own shows uh, or or even like magazines, how much effort you you have to spend to find advertisers and sponsors and and go through all that, and how much of that actually comes to you. Do you did you notice uh, like 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 how much effort have in the past when you know just working with on the show how how much effort did you have to work early on to actually find sponsors? Oh, worst job ever! I, I, I hate it. That's why I you know <laughs> I don't do much of it because, just because I hate, I can't stand doing it. Calling people up and asking you know it, it's a I. I, I'm more successful when I can sit down and talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of companies, you're dealing with uh, with their marketing company, you know. And the toughest part about all of this, especially when you are, I am the you know the the uh, executive producer and the executive janitor, you know. Like <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm so what I'm selling all the time is me. Worst mm-hmm. job ever. Yeah, worst product to ever sell. You, you can't tell people why you're so wonderful. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not kidding you. Think about that. Yeah. You can hand me anything. You can hand me a nut and bolt. You can hand me an axe. You can hand me anything. And I can sit there and, and extol the virtues of that all day long. Ask me about why my show is good, and I kind of look at the, at the floor and scuff my toe. I'm damn happy to have Nielsen ratings because I look at that and say, there. 3.24 million people. That's why we're good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, it is the worst job, and uh, I I like it when I can sit down. Like a lot of our sponsors are, are small companies, or we started with them when they were small. Like Argo, I have been with in one form or, or, or another for just about uh, 20 years, actually, and I had a history with them before that. It is the toughest job is to get sponsorship, and and most of it is. Believe it or not, you spend a lot of your day teaching the marketing guy about marketing. Really? And a lot of them, well, the big, big companies, they all, it's all numbers, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we first started in hunting, we were on the Outdoor Channel. 
and uh, it only only aired in the U.S. And so everything, and I remember dealing with the big marketing houses because you would go to you know people like uh, uh, like Leopold or Nosler or, or Winchester, Winchester Browning, uh, and and the ammunition companies on, they all had these big marketing companies. And the big marketing company would say, well, what's your numbers? And at that time, you know, uh, Outdoor Channel was just large enough to have um, marketing numbers. At that time, you had to have about 30 million uh, subscribers. And the worst part about that was that when you got that small of a sample in the, in the size of a population like the U.S., you had a, a plus or minus swing of, of 3%, of, of three points. So, you may be you may be have uh, uh, you may have a minus three rating, a zero rating, or a plus three rating. You know, a plus three is really really big number, right? And you know, so they they would ask you for your numbers, and of course you that would have cost you money to get from your channel that you're paying to be on. You know, <laughs> that's, yes, you can hear the sarcasm in my voice. <laughs> you're paying them for this, and they and they have these, so then you'd have to you'd have to pay for those numbers from them. So they'd make you jump through that and then they'd look at it and then they'd use that line on you. And so you'd talk about focused demographics and you'd talk about this, that, and the next thing. And, and uh, uh, it was it was always really, really tough. Where I quickly figured out where it was best is where I could sit down and talk with somebody. Mm-hmm. And so if I could start with a small corporation where I was dealing with somebody who worked in the plant or, or dealing with, you know, the, the guy who owns the company or whatever, that was, that was far more important. And I could show, you know, I mean, I could, I could, I could see the success and, and uh, whereas marketing company, once again, you might, might be turning big numbers. You might be turning big numbers for them, but they don't tell you that they, they figure you're going to use it, you know, as a bargaining chip, you know, right. they just don't <laughs> want to deal with you. They just don't want to pay you what you're worth. Right. right. <laughs> and you learn some, you learn some terrible lessons. The first lesson that you learn, and it takes a while to learn it, is that your first deal is your best deal. And whatever you settle for the first time, that's all you're ever going to be worth. You might bump it up 10% or whatever, but if, if you decide that you're going to represent them for four fishing rods and a handful of tackle, it's never going to get any better. Laugh. <laughs> 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 I know everybody laughs when I get to this part. <laughs> but it's the truth. It's the truth. If they're not, if they're not paying you money, uh, they're, not, they're not considering you an actual uh, investment in advertising and marketing. I mean, there's a reason why pro staff then became brand ambassadors because it was like a much more friendly thing. Pro staff was kind of this arrogant guy who was, you know, going to tell you how things should go. And, but a brand ambassador is a kind of more approachable person that you walk up to and talk to and all that. But in most cases, you know, the, the brand ambassador, they're, they're just people working for a, just want free a shirt stuff. and a hat. Yeah. 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 They are. And if you settle for free stuff, that's all you ever work. Yeah. You know? I mean, there, there's a point where, you know, when Ford advertises on NBC or AB, ABC or whatever, they don't do it for, for you know, truck decals or whatever. It, 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 there's money involved. And it is no different. But now you've got a bunch of little little people who are not very sophisticated. Once again, they're, you know, like me, they're probably more capable with a toilet brush in my hand than, than, than you know, dealing with a with a, uh, a marketing manager or whatever, right? One of the funniest things that has happened recently was the shift to internet. And about, 
again, I'm, I'm saying four or five years ago, everything was going to be internet. Everything was going to be Facebook. Everything was going to be digital. And TV was dead. TV was dead. And we dealt with a lot of these marketing managers. And, and you know, they, these are guys that, you know, my age or, you know, or in the 50s now. Yeah. And they didn't know the first thing about digital marketing. And you got, you, you talk with Ken and Azay and you had 10 different outlooks on it. And I was like, God, I guess I need to learn something. So there was this kid that worked for um, Kuyu. And I don't, you probably would never heard of them. They're very popular hunting clothing, but it's out, out west here. They make, pa- they make backpacks? Yes, they make backpacks, um, poor backpacks, but their, their clothing is better. Um, okay. Kuyu is, uh, um, uh, you know, they're for the elite hunter. They, they, they sponsor served a lot of the, you know, the marathon hunters and runners and that kind of stuff. Anyway, I sat down with this kid, happened to be at, doing seminars at a sports show where he was there, and he was from, from California. And he's like the typical guy, or my opinion of, uh, of a lot of typical guys from California. And he's got a, a haircut that looks like a, a, a lawnmower went nuts. And, and he's got, you know, a tarp grommet in one ear and a bone in his nose and, and all this <laughs> kind of stuff. And, and, so, and I never know where to look when you're talking to him. It's just like, it's just like when, you, when you, your buddy invites you over and his, and his 16-year-old daughter walks out and she's got less clothes on than... than Victoria's Secret model. Like, pretty soon you're, you're you're looking at the tree above your head to try and talk to something when you're trying to talk to it, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. Same thing. I don't know what like. Am I supposed to stare at them holding the nose? I'm not supposed to. I don't know what to do. You know, I'm too old for this stuff anymore. <laughs> but anyway, I sat down to him and I said, "Tell me about this. How does this work? I can't understand." You know, one time in my life I sold vehicles, and I knew that if I got people to walk through the door, I had you know, a, a one a 1% chance of, of making a sale. If I got them to, to sit down and talk now, bumped up to 5%. If I, we went for a test drive, whoo, all the way to 20%. Get them talking about color, another 5%. You know, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? We had all these stages that you knew where you were at in the game. Nobody knows where they are in, in digital. And he said to me, you know, the first thing he said was, the thing about social media is to forget about the media and remember the social. And I looked at it and I said, oh, great, Clyde Chang. That makes a lot of sense. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm very frustrated. He says, no, think about that. He says, you, me, and everybody does things for their friends that they wouldn't do for pay. And I was like, Bye. the light went off, and I would have never made that leap on my own. And yes, it makes sense. You know, And when you want to grow something, you want – you know, these people to identify with you because as a friend, they will share your stuff. They will, they will recommend you. They will do all that kind of stuff. So where we were always looking and all these marketing managers that I'm dealing with, we're all looking at a return on investment, ROI, right? Yeah. We're looking at, you know, if I put $10,000 into digital, what do I get back? You know, do I get back, you know, $10,001 to get back a million? You know, that, that's the kind of stuff we're, we're looking at. It doesn't make any, any difference. These people need to identify with you. So even more than ever, you're selling yourself or you're selling the legend of yourself. And that's, that's what, that's what is, is so important. And as I got going into this deeper and deeper and I started understanding, like if you have a, an actual business uh, Facebook page, there are tools in there that you can use that can allow you to compare your Facebook page to anybody's page. 
and it can show you things like like you know how many people are are uh, connecting with you and how many people are connecting with the other person and, and your activity every day and and all that kind of stuff and it is amazing how you might compare you know the days of uh, buying likes on Facebook you know it's frowned <laughs> upon but there's still there's still a term about uh, organic or or uh, or paid, paid right yeah. Yeah. so yeah and Facebook has changed it so even if you take out ads with them, that is no longer organic. Even though you're paying for an ad, it is no longer organic. Whereas, you know, you could pay some kid in, in India to turn his monkey's loose on the computer and get you a million likes or whatever. <laughs> you know, but then you need to see if those people are interacting with you or not. And that's what some of these analytics show you on on in Facebook. And so as I learned about all this, I started incorporating this stuff into my discussions with marketing managers and all that. And I, here I am putting on a course for these guys. Yeah, you know, crazy. other guys that are in their 50s, and, and they're, now they're starting to understand. But while I'm putting this course on, I'm showing how good I am. You know, they would, or how good my, my, my you universe is. Where, you understood how marketing worked but, and more than they did. And, and Well, they would look at, they would look at, uh, at Jim Shockey. Jim Shockey had 600,000 likes on his Facebook page. On the average day, you know, he, he, he has, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a positive growth of 0.01%. You know, I have, uh, you know, 15,000 or whatever. An average day, I, I, I grow 3 4%. You know, I have that much more, you know, I, my, my reach is so much larger than his. You know, even though he has 600,000 people, his reach might be zero in a day, and my, my, my reach might be four or 500,000, depending on what we're doing. You know, those are the kind of numbers that you can use to, to level the playing field, the little guy. That is one of the benefits of digital. This has got a long way from trapping, hasn't it? <laughs> no, but it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's fascinating for me on a, on a personal level in addition to uh, just being generally pretty, pretty interesting. Well, yeah, but what it is, though, is that you can – the thing about digital is it's digital. And we keep talking about how phony things are because we knew that people were buying – Facebook likes and they're buying YouTube likes, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's it's one of those things. We're throwing the baby out with the bathwater because not all of it is fake. Like those numbers that Facebook shows you, the the reach on your page, the the, the uh, you know the the interactions, that kind of stuff. Those are real. They can't be fudged. And when you can show that and throw some comparisons in, you know, throw compare yourself to anybody out there. All of a sudden, they're like. Who is this little guy that's trapping in? He, but he's only got 15,000 people that like his face. That doesn't matter. Look at his reach. You know? Yeah. I don't know why people like or don't like pages. Um, I don't know whether they think that they're filling up their computer or, or I don't know whether they think that they don't want anybody to search their history and see a trapping, <laughs> a trapping <laughs> like in their, in their history or something. I don't know whether it's one of those three little things. I don't know. But it, it's funny when, when the, Facebook first started, it was nothing to get huge numbers. Like, I mean, we, and we have over the times, you know, one of the, the dirtiest things that Facebook ever did was that you can't change or rename your page without losing it all. Mm -hmm. You know, so as you change stuff, you know, and, and get less awkward or, or get better or whatever, then you lose all of that. Yeah. You know, one time we had pages, you know, a page that uh, for a hundred again, that was, that was over a million and that was all organic. Yeah. You know, now, now it's a struggle to get 20,000, you know? Yeah, but we have the we, we we are reaching people, and that's what's important. And that's what's important to show to these media people. And and now, as I got good at that, TV's back. 
<laughs> yeah, it might be temporary, media, but well, yeah, it might. But all of these media people had, you know, spent so much money just blindly throwing it into, you know, the people that had six hundred thousand. Uh, I'm getting a getting a call from Morley Smith the Wolf guy. I'm going to have to call him back. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, they, they, they were dumping all of that money into these. Uh, you know, buy them just based on the Facebook page likes and all that kind of stuff, and they weren't getting nothing for it. So all of a sudden, everybody went away from that, right? And because uh, nobody understood what they were buying or what they were getting, and it, it, it's amazing. But when you take a, you know, uh, you have a, a great digital platform like what we have between between the YouTube and between the Amazon Prime and and uh, uh, you know Facebook and all those kind of things. You know, our, our reach, our, our universe is gigantic. You know, when we, we throw into it, uh, you know, 3.24 million viewers, you know, people that will tune in, you know, at least once a week or whatever on uh, on TV in Canada, you know, and with the, it's, there's only 37 million people in Canada. That's, that's, that's a great number. But I can do those kind of numbers between YouTube and Amazon Prime in a month, you know? Yeah. And, you know, that, then there's things on YouTube that you can use too. Like, I'm, I'm telling people... I'm, Trying to be honest, because I get asked these questions so many times, and, and I'm not sure whether the people ever take it away. Because they're all looking for one simple, easy answer. Oh, be a good trapper. Okay, that we got that. So, one of the you know things about uh, uh, about YouTube is take a look at at, at what your um, uh, I always refer to it as your entrapment, but your capture rate. You know, like how long do people stay engaged? It's in, it, it's a, it's your how, how long is the, your average engagement? Average engagement is nine minutes on uh, on my my YouTube, and that is for since 2015 when I put it up. I average every time somebody clicks on a a, a video, I average nine minutes of, of capture. That's great mm-hmm. if you're one of my sponsors, you know. Yeah. And it, this is in a world where every three seconds is considered a. Uh, um, uh, a uh, a view, okay. So if you just clicked on it for three seconds, that's a view. But I can you you, you go back in through your 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 engagement and and in my engagement, it's over nine minutes. You know, it, it, it those are the kind of things that, that that can give you some balance. And but you need you need to know how to, how to use it, how to utilize it, right? Yeah, it, it it's not as simple as uh, I mentioned something on. A podcast and then they make X number of sales. Um, I think I, I read a quote the other day, uh, something about the goal of advertising is not to make a sale, it's to bring a potential customer to a place where they're more likely to make a sale. Um, Absolutely. I always describe it as it's my job to make the phone ring. After that, it's up to you. Yeah. Like you, like with the car dealership thing, and and I feel like certain, like the trapping industry, we're such a small industry, and it's so it seems to be more personal. People connect to uh, this community, like you know, like any real small uh, community that's specialized. That uh, that that relationship is probably stronger than just somebody seeing a, a an ad for Pepsi on on uh, TV or something. Well, that's that's what I'm trading on, though, is my credibility. Yeah. And when you have, you know, if you if you grind it out and go through all of five seasons, six seasons we've got now, you see the same thing being used over and over again. Believe me, if it's getting used more than once on my show, I believe in it and it's worth it. Because I don't have time for junk. 
I just don't have physical time for it. You know, I, I and that credibility, that that's the connection that, that uh, when your your uh, fans look at it and or, or your viewers look at it and they, and they say, well, you know, he ain't got time for junk. And look, and look where he where he lives, what he does. You know, I mean, they they can't make up for garbage. And and that's what you're doing is you're trading on your credibility to, to make that phone ring. Yeah, and it's very important. And you know what? This is probably where I would be more successful if I wasn't quite so passionate, but it, it's a big responsibility. Mm-hmm. The only good thing about getting old is that you end up with money. And I can afford to do whatever I wanted to. But, uh, you know, if somebody's asking me about whether a $100 trap setter is better than a $30 trap setter, and I'm using the $30 trap setter, I'm going to tell them that. They trust you. Know, you. I'm yeah, not you to... People's trust is worth a lot. Absolutely. And it's, you know, if I recommend something and it fails, that's more on me than it is on the product. Yeah. You know, that's, that's just, the way I, <laughs> just the way I feel about it. You know, come from a different time and generation, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how's the podcast been going? You, you've been doing that for uh, what, about a year now or has it been over a year? Yeah. It's been struggling because we, we used to be able to travel a lot. We we do a bunch as we traveled. And, and I don't know a lot of people. If you can tell me people I should talk to, I would love to. Uh, you know, I've, I've the closer to the general area, the better it's been. Like I've, I've done uh, uh, talks with the fellows from uh, um, Foundation of uh, Wildlife uh, Foundation Forever in Idaho. They they have a bounty on or a way of paying paying for wolf kills. And, and I've talked with uh, Randy in in Montana. And I've uh, you know I've talked with with uh, folks all, all around the place, uh, but they're all pretty near to me, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's harder to, to make those connections, especially that, that Eastern uh, traffic connection. I've had you know, Jeff Dunlap and, and Jeff Haggerty and, and uh, Mark Sagerman and, and those kind of folks on, on the trap, uh, trapping podcast. I probably need to do it again. Um, I had hoped to be in uh, at the NTA, which is what it would have been right about now, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's crazy yeah. how things have changed in a short period yeah, of time. Yeah. Uh, we get a lot of great feedback. Uh, I've had a couple of uh, – the biggest problem is, is that, you know, you never know what you're getting when you, when you get somebody agree to come on. Mm-hmm. Some people can talk and talk and talk. Some people I just know I just have to, you know, you know it's, it's like a kid's toy. You nudge it this way and off it goes. Exactly. And then it runs into something and you straighten it out and nudge it that way and off it goes. <laughs> Those people are wonderful because lots of times we don't just talk about trapping. We talk about everything under the sun, and that's great. Yeah, that's great because I mean trappers are just people, and we have more interest in, than, than just trapping. But um, I've had some people where it was like yes and no answers, and oh my gosh, is that tough? <laughs> yeah, and being a good interview is a good interviewer is a skill that I'm I'm learning is is more difficult than it seems. Like. Uh, you know, you watch guys like Joe Rogan, they, they find ways to get things out of people and, and kind of keep that flow going. And it, it really is a skill. Yeah. Well, but there's, there's a couple different Joe Rogan. Uh, there's the idiot that shows up and smokes dope with the, with his, uh, yeah. comedian buddies. I, yeah. I, I don't care for that. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care for his, his interview. There's the guy who shows up and whether he interviews his politically left or, or right or, or in the media or is Elon Musk or whatever. I enjoy him. Yeah. And he's, he's very intelligent. 
and he he uh, asked some very pertinent questions, and he has some really neat viewpoints. You know, uh, I think I think he has to work harder on those ones. I think the other ones he just phones in. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. You're you just know? having fun with friends on some of it, but. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When, when yeah. the when the interviewer asks the question that the audience is thinking at the time, that at and, and asks it the right way and at the right time, I think that's key to to making a successful podcast. Well, and part of it, though, I mean, he deals in very up to date um, topics, right? I mean, everything is in the news and that, so he knows what questions people want to. When people phone me up and want to do a podcast, traffic's a very different thing. You know, it's not that much in the news. I mean, I, I always hit on the stuff about, you know, the the uh, the lies that the antis have done and PETA and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, as far as you want to get down to the nitty-gritty, we could have we could have talked this long just about the, about the different ways I trap muskrats. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I could do it with a, without, uh, without thinking about it. It's just that when something is very visible, that's our world today, though. That's when something is very visible, it is, uh, it is an easy conversation to have. Uh, it's when there's a little bit more involved in it, right? Like a little bit more, uh, you start talking about historic things and the history of, of, of trapping, you know, the, and, and it's historic place. Like our trapping as a um, pure monetary uh, commercial venture doesn't really exist anymore, and I don't know that it ever will again. But trapping as a method of conservation and control, very, very necessary. Very necessary. You know, we, we can't afford not to have trappers on, on the uh, landscape. We need, we need them. I, we have a, a problem with wolves right now in Alberta. Like we, they say we have between seven and, and 8,500 wolves, you know, and, and our, our wolf density is hitting 11 wolves per thousand square, square kilometers. Well, Ungulate population damage begins at 6.25 wolves per 1,000 square kilometers. Hmm. So we're well beyond, we're double of that, right? But we're also learning that you need to, you need to kill the entire pack or the pack fractures and you end up with more packs. So, you know, that you're, we're learning that more and more the trapper is becoming the heat-seeking heat missile in this. Yeah. You know, in wolf control, because he can do that. He yeah. can get the whole pack. Yeah. You know, aerial gunning doesn't, poison doesn't, you know, uh, that, but the, the trapper can. can and, and, and the trapper do it for free. Need, well, exactly. But what we need to do, <laughs> well, here's the problem. Wolf, wolf trapping is, is a lot of work, a lot of time, uh, keeping those baits going and all that. And then you might catch, sure, half a dozen wolves or whatever, but they might all have mange. So you know what you got for the year? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. So there should be a, uh, a reimbursement of, of expenses or something, you know, because we are needed on the, uh, on the landscape. We, uh, we've gone through a, a dance. Alberta has uh, woodland caribou, and the woodland caribou numbers in certain areas are, are dying off. And we haven't hunted woodland caribou in Alberta now since the 80s. That's the first thing. Oh, the numbers are dying. So hunters, trappers, fishermen are the, are the conservationists. We stepped up and said, okay, well, let's not hunt them and, and let them grow back. Well, that wasn't what, what was going on. And so then they worked their way through various things that's going on, and, and uh, they decided that it was wolves 
and then it was climate change. And now, as we've actually spent some money, you know, studying them out, we, we netted a bunch of them in, in 2000 and 2001 and put collars on them, and, and we learned an immense amount. And, what, and we, we netted both the wolves and, and the, the caribou so we could track them. We've had some stuff done by biologists that was silly. We had uh, some WMUs that were the, where the caribou were in trouble, and they had moose population. So they decided that if you kill all the moose off, the wolves will leave. <laughs> and I said, but how does that work? Well, there won't be food there. Well, I said, well, are they eating the caribou now? Yeah, they are. So I said, so if you kill all the moose off, won't the wolves leave right after they eat the rest of the caribou? Well, no. <laughs> I said, you're not making any sense whatsoever. But we actually did that. We went through that. We went through that. And what ended up happening, you know, they're giving out all these cow tags and calf tags and all this kind of stuff. What ended up happening was that the area was very, very hard area to hunt now. But the other WMU across the road wasn't, and there was a whole bunch of cows and calves shot across the road kind of thing. And so it was a, an utter failure. But all through this, we keep doing studies, we keep doing studies. Now. now we've discovered that it's actually got to do with development. So the development of, of roads and seismic lines and all that. So now, we've, now roads are, are much more temporary. They're, they're controlled as far as access. They're, they're controlled. Uh, uh, seismic lines and that are no longer allowed to be straight. They have to be low impact and they wander their way through the woods and all that kind of stuff. But what was that stops the human encroachment and the pressure on the on the caribou? Because caribou are, are literally the canary, the, the dumb canary in the coal mine. They are. There was nothing other than a rainbow trout. There was nothing more born to die than a caribou. Like <laughs> I'm not kidding you. And so then the, we so now, now we don't have human pressure on them. But then we discover that things like logging is really hard on caribou because the old growth forest gets gets taken down and, and the lichen that yes, they live absolutely. on. Yep. Uh, isn't so available, okay? So then we also discovered through this finally interweaving the uh, the uh, caribou and the, the wolf studies together, we, we discovered that, look at this, look at the pattern of where the, where the caribou travel in that. The caribou were avoiding cut lines and they were avoiding uh, roads because the wolves travel them. And the, the, that revelation was unbelievable. So it wasn't just one thing that was causing a problem. You know, it wasn't climate change, and it wasn't wasn't just forestry, and it wasn't just the roads and all that, and it wasn't just the wolves, but it was the combination of all. The wolves use the roads and the and the grid uh, and the uh, grid system and that of seismic and all that to to travel on and to hunt on, and they're very efficient at it. But now all of a sudden, the, you know, the the caribou over time were avoiding these areas. You know, they wouldn't come within three hundred yards of a road, that kind of stuff. It was it, it, it's a fascinating thing to learn about, but. What we've learned is, is really is how little we know and that it could be just a matter of, of uh, you know, this is one of the evolutions of, of uh, you know, that we lose uh, species occasionally, not, not we're, we're not in the middle of any sixth extinction like they, like they say. We actually got more, more uh, fauna on the, on the face of the earth now than more mass than we've, than we've had in throughout history. But it's... Uh, it's it's amazing, you know, as we get more information that we discovered how badly we've handled it and, and what the actual solution is. I don't think I don't think anybody's ready to address the actual solution because that would mean, you know, if you're going to save that handful of caribou, uh, you're going to have to take all logging, all oil and gas, all uh, tourism, everything has to come out of those areas in order to try and protect that. And we're, we're down to, in some cases, uh, you know, 
a handful of uh, a handful of caribou that are left in some of these herds, you know, were sixty three, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And they're not they're not uh, reproducing because black bear, grizzly bear, they all kill a lot of, of uh, calves every spring. Uh, wolves kill a lot. We we did uh, both poisoning for for caribou and uh, for wolves. And get this, the one guy one year did uh, over sixty different ungulate kills. So he killed elk, moose, and deer in order to set up poison sites uh, to you know kill his wolves. And all we've done that and aerial gunning out of helicopters. All we've done is we've held the line. We still have sixty three caribou in that herd. <laughs> We haven't gained and we haven't lost. But then you have a situation like where there was uh, the um, Copper Mine Mountain. Uh, there was uh, 18 in that herd. Well, there was a, an avalanche, 14 of them died. You know, like, I mean, those, those, those kind of things happen. So yeah. we still, you know, the, 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 the Porcupine Hills herd still, still numbers in the thousands. Uh, you know, but it's not being affected. It's not being affected like the, like the, the, uh, uh, caribou are on the eastern slopes where there's a lot more development, there's oil and gas, and there's, there's logging and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a balance that we have to find. Some things you can say, some things you can't. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. Well, Rich. Oh yeah. You, you gotta call. You gotta call the Wolfman, and I gotta call my boss. So. Um, <laughs> this has been this has been awesome. I really appreciate it. I I had a lot of fun talking with you, and we could probably I'm sure we could talk all day on this stuff. Oh, I, I've I've enjoyed it. Thank you for having me on. Uh, if I could give myself a little bit of a boot, uh, it, they, they can connect to anything about us by going to our website, and it's just www.trappinginc.com and you can hit all our Facebook, Amazon Prime, locals, all that stuff from there. Awesome. I sure appreciate your time and what you're doing for, for the, the, the traffic community. And uh, I'd like to, to get together, do this again sometime, maybe in person, huh? That would be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, sounds great. Uh, you take care. You too. Thank you. All right. Bye. bye. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. It was great to sit down with Rich and... Uh, just talk talk trapping talk business talk everything else it's awesome so now it's time for the Cots Bros deal of the week and you can go to cotsbros.com k-a-a-t-z-b-r-o-s for your trapping supplies this week we have a special on Belial body grip traps Belial is the standard in in body grips they are it's this is the Cadillac of of the body grip slash conibear trap if I could afford it and eventually maybe I'll get there at some point you know a lot of times you start out you have uh you know you you have whatever traps you can afford you find some at a garage sale someone selling traps that you know and you get a good deal you just need to get some traps you know have a lot of money and you get whatever you get usually it's Dukes um Bridgers and in Victor maybe maybe just various different brands of old traps some of those old body grips that don't even have labels or or, uh, brand names on them you get what you get but as you get into things a little more maybe you get a little more money maybe you start to realize that you've got enough traps now it's time to upgrade and you're going to upgrade in quality as opposed to quantity you want to look at Belial's Belial's are they are the most expensive 
body grip trap out there and they're the highest quality and the best body grip trap out there. I don't know anyone that would argue that Belial's are are the top or or at least close to the top, but I, I'd say most people would say they're the best body grip that you can buy. Super strong springs, uh, high quality steel. The design is great. They have complete closure. Um, they're very humane. The safety catches on, say, the 120s, 160s, 330s, the safety catches are specially designed so they don't uh, flip around on you. So uh, they, they set in place and they stay where you put them. There's just a number of different features like that that make these just an awesome trap. These are the way to go. So if you've been sitting on the fence and you haven't decided whether to get any Belial's or not yet, you have the opportunity this week to pick up some Belial's for a discount. Now, Kyle is being very generous here. I know a lot of times it's very difficult to provide discounts on traps because the trap dealers and manufacturers don't really want you to lower the price because it kind of all dealers kind of have to have the same price or they should have the same price um, as part of that dealer supplier relationship whatever I, I don't understand it I don't get into it it's complicated but we're not getting a discounting price we're getting two times the points on any Belial trap purchase so the Cots Bros point system where you, you earn bonus points for every dollar that you spend uh, it, as far as I know I can tell it pretty much comes out to like 5% off two times the points is going to be 10% off of your purchase of Belial traps this is valid until August 28th so as you listen to this you just got a few days to take care of it go to CotsBros.com when you check out enter the code Belial B-E-L I-S-L-E, that's Belial, B-E-L-I-S-L-E, for two times the points on any Belial trap purchase until August 28th. With that, thanks guys so much. Hope you take advantage of that offer and hope you enjoyed the podcast. Stay tuned. Um, not sure what's what we're going to have coming up in the next few weeks. I haven't really thought that far ahead. I've been scrambling around just trying to keep up with everything. But I'm sure it's going to be something interesting. I'm going to find a few people to talk to. Or I'm going to sit here and just kind of rattle things off that are going on in my head. Uh, it's getting closer. The nights are getting colder. The days are getting shorter. Trapping season is coming. Keep on talking trapping. Keep on thinking trapping. And we will catch you on the next episode.